Life support is nominal. The oxygen danger indicator level is yellow. Please remember that this is a non-smoking pirate ship. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Gin Lounge. I'm John Breeden, your host for this episode of the show, and the Chief Lounge Lizard. Settle into the pole position and sit back in your driver's chair, because today we are talking about racing games. And, of course, no talk on racing games would be complete without Todd Hargosh. Todd reviews almost every racing game that comes out for every console and the PC. For Jin, he's basically the equivalent of a virtual professional driver. <laughs> so, Todd, welcome to the lounge today. Yeah, professional driver, except for the fact in, in games I can't get pulled over. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Now I know, but I mean, you've done some pretty impressive stuff online. I remember reading one of your uh, reviews of the uh, the GTR series, which is one of those hyper realistic racers that we'll talk about uh, a little bit later in the show. And there was an event on there. It was like an endurance event. You had to drive at night for like eight or twelve hours or something like that. In real life. This is what the game was simulating, and you actually went through and, and played it. And I'm like, wow, that that's pretty impressive. <laughs> well, that's about the same time I've driven in real life. The longest I've driven for real is like about nine hours. <laughs> that, was, that was from going from, from uh, Tampa, Florida up to uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh, wow. So to me, it was like nothing. <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. Maybe, maybe you have a, a second career as a real-life endurance racer then, because – yeah. I can't sit still that long. <laughs> All right, well, racing games. Now, racing games is an interesting genre. It's never really been the number one most popular genre in the game industry. It seems like the different genres in the game industry sort of compete, and one's number one for a while, and then another one will take over. It usually goes between, like, shooters and role-playing games were, like, number one for a while. Real-time strategy games were hot for a while. Racing games have never quite been up there at the most popular thing, but they've never been unpopular either, unlike, say, flight simulators, which kind of dropped off the radar completely late, mm-hmm. like lately. So, so there's a lot of racing fans out there, and I was just thinking, where did the racing games start? I believe... We're probably talking about in the arcade, Todd. Do you do you remember the first racing game that you that you played? Well, I didn't really play it; more like watched it though. Mm-hmm. It was uh, Night Driver. Oh, on the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Mm-hmm. And in the arcades. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't realize it was in the arcades as well. I saw it on the Twenty Six Hundred. Yeah, and there were also these overhead racing games where you just had like this little sprite design to look like a car goes around the track over and over again. Atari released a whole bunch of those. Oh, okay. I remember on my Intellivision, I played a game called Bump and Jump. And Oh, yeah, I remember <laughs> Do that. you remember Bump and Jump? Everybody, oh, yeah. everybody loved Bump and Jump. You had to jump, and you had to knock the other cars off the road and stuff. It was funny. Yeah. It's kind of like cartoon racing. Um, but I think, yeah. I think the first game that I played that was a racing game was probably pole position in the arcade. I remember that. Mm-hmm. And that was actually really popular for a while. People were, people in my, I believe it was middle school at the time were all like, Oh, who can get through pole position faster? <laughs> I was lucky enough to even qualify on one lap. Yeah, I wasn't very good. I'm afraid to say. <laughs> yeah, Cause I played that in the second one. I mean, it, it did, um, how should I say, innovate the racing genre by changing from overhead to behind the, uh, position of the car we see in many racers up to the uh, PlayStation generation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, there was one arcade one I would love to have played. Uh, I've only seen it on Starcade, and lately I've seen clips of it on YouTube. It was a racer called TX1, which basically took the pole position concept and actually put two screens on the side. Oh, like you could look behind you? 
They're actually more like out to the side, see if anyone's passing you. Oh, neat! And that was a, that was an arcade game, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, it's pretty cool. I've ne- it's kind of like what Se- kind of like what Sega did with the Ferrari Ferrari Challenge a few years back. Okay, yeah, I have seen Ferrari Challenge, so I know I know what you're talking about. Although probably a little, little more primitive than that. <laughs> Way primitive, yeah. <laughs> Still cool to see. I bet that was fun in the arcades. Now, racing games. Obviously, they were popular in the arcades, and they started to become launch titles on some of the early consoles. Do you do you remember some of the some of the early racers that were on the 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 consoles like the PS2 or maybe even going back to like the Genesis? Well, I went, well, Genesis made with Super Monaco GP. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I never really played that, but one of the earlier quote launch titles I remember is when they released Daytona USA for the Sega Saturn. Okay. And it wasn't really a launch title. I had to wait. I mean, I was one of the poor unfortunate saps who bought a Saturn when it was announced at E3 2005, <laughs> and didn't have uh, didn't have many games come out for it. I had Virtual Fire for about a week and a half, and then they finally got Daytona. Okay. Now those the early games like Daytona, what, what were they like? I mean, what were the? Were, are we talking generic cars? I know today, you know, the cars are all very realistic looking and so forth. And and also, what was the AI of the games like back then on those early titles? Did it did it have? I'm sure there wasn't the processing power that we have today, where basically each car sort of has its own individual AI. No, not for Daytona. They were pretty much stock cars that just uh, were there to avoid uh, hitting each other back and forth. Mm-hmm. I didn't really see much AI in the racer until Gran Turismo came out for the uh, PlayStation One. Okay, and what was what was new about that? Well, first of all, aside from getting full licensed cars, making them as realistic as possible, it started to incorporate AI for drivers. Even though after a short amount of time, I noticed they all stayed in the pack together and would would not even bother to challenge me. It got to the point where um, I was actually about 30 seconds ahead of him when the race was over. And I'm, we're, we're talking about a race of like five laps. So that, that is that what I, – I know I've heard you mention pack, pack driving before. Is that It's sort of like you versus the AI almost in those early games. Like, like I know there might be 40 cars on the field, but as far as the console is concerned, it's really you and then everybody else. Pretty much. And then, of course, they started offering what I like to call rubber band AI. Mm-hmm. What, I, what basically what happens is if I have a car that's going uh, 150 miles an hour, which would be pretty much the uh, fa- factory tuned limit mm-hmm. on a car, but somehow the car behind me, which would probably be the same model, would end up going like 160, 170 miles an hour. To keep up with you. Exactly. Uh, now, did- I mean, I can understand it could keep it a little, make it a little more challenging, but – but I want to keep it as realistic as possible, and seeing something like that does not help. Right. Now, what if the cars were ahead of you? Would they also slow down to allow you to catch up to? Uh, I'd say that would probably be a tuning, but I'm sure I can be able to customize that. I remember some uh, racing games on the PC had that ability. Like I remember um, IndyCar racing and NASCAR racing by uh, Sierra that allowed you to control the uh, opponent's strength. Oh, uh, Okay. So I'm sure we'd be able to do that. Oh, that's pretty cool. So, uh, so somebody like me who's not very good, I I could win the win the race or at least come in second or third and feel good about myself. <laughs> right. Yeah, you take the AI down to 75 percent, you should be able to catch. <laughs> that's true. Make a, make them just a little bit blind. Give them tinted windows. <laughs> now, uh, also obviously when when the when the new the new this generation of consoles came out, PS3 and and the 360, racing games were really the rage. I believe there were racing titles that were launch titles. For both consoles, and when you got your 360, I believe you brought it over to show me some some of the different games on it, and uh, one of them was a racing game, wasn't it? Yeah, Project Gotham Three. 
And that is probably is that, is that probably like the most popular series on on the 360? Uh, one of them. Uh, there's another racing series called Forza Motorsport, which plays more like Gran Turismo. Mm-hmm. PGR is more like stunt-based racing. They uh, race on uh, stylish driving moves as opposed to just winning. Okay. And also, you're not able to customize your cars like you are in um, in Forza. Okay. And 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 the uh, the Grand the the, Gotham, the Project Gotham Racing is sort of in the middle somewhere, sort of just like a, a racing title, or is there a lot of customization there too? Yeah, it's pretty much just a racing title. Okay. I know it looks really good. I mean, you know, for yeah. the time, everybody was like, wow, look at those graphics. <laughs> I'm so glad. Yeah, because I remember going off of that nighttime scene in Vegas, which just looked amazing. It did. It still does by today's standards. Yeah, and that's a, that's a true test of time. If, if it holds up, you know, even looks good today, because a lot of these games you go back and you're like, eh, you know, it's, it looks kind of cheesy. But, yeah, that one looks good even today, especially those Vegas levels. You're right. Now, the um, – so those were those were popular at the time. Now I mentioned you mentioned sort of the stunt driving type titles. Now that is something that I can get into because I'm not a really a, a great driver, and especially in terms of um, you know like the endurance driving and stuff like you do. But like title like Burnout, I mean, would you consider that sort of a racing title? I mean, I love Burnout. And I, I of course I like crashing the cars, but even the, the racing interface is pretty fun with that. Yeah, I would consider that what I call an extreme racer. Okay. I mean, basically, it's still getting from point A to point B, but um, basically, you're wrecking with all your opponents, so that's a little bit of aggression to it. Okay. Uh, I guess, uh, I mean, I don't know if I can consider uh, Grid an extreme-style racer, but it, at times, it seems like it. Mm-hmm. It was one released by Codemasters last year. Oh, okay. I remember that one. The same guys who made Dirt, and they're actually releasing Dirt 2 next week. And then there's also another category of games sort of that takes that extreme racing even farther, the, the combat racers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I'd say for us, that would probably start with like Twisted Metal, even though that was more in a more of an arena setting. But there's one ser- another. Well, I can't really call it a launch title, but it came out early in the 360s life cycle. It was called Full Auto. It took sort of the elements of Twisted Metal, except it did point A to point B racing. Mm-hmm. Scary thing is that game is still popular by today's standards, and that came out what, three years ago. So there's still people that are playing it. Oh yeah, one. Um, one of my friends is on a, another – she does her own podcast uh, on a site called Sarcastic Gamer, mm-hmm. and she brags to me all the time about how much she loves Full Auto. I think she's the only person I know to have the, have a perfect 1,000 gamer score on Oh, her. you're kidding me. Wow. She must play a lot. I mean, to me, she's like to, to Full Auto what uh, many other people would be to Final Fantasy when I go off on them. You know, <laughs> you know the hate I get from Okay, that. yeah, but we're not going there. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything, no. Thank God. No, um – one of the things I wanted to ask you about since you study the, the racing genre is there has been something that has increased in popularity tenfold, I mean, over the last uh, – relatively recent time, over the, say, last ten years, and that's NASCAR. I mean, NASCAR went from almost total obscurity to – I mean, it, it's it's huge. It's like a bonafide – definitely a bonafide sport. There are fans. You know, I see bumper stickers all the time, people with their favorite drivers and so forth. Has the popularity of NASCAR also increased the popularity of driving games? Yeah, it worked for me <laughs> because I used to be one of the biggest critics of NASCAR. The, the I mean, I never I never understood the concept of it at first, mm-hmm. and then I I played NASCAR Thunder 2002, which was the first EA title NASCAR based title to come out. Oh, I strike that uh, second title because they had NASCAR 2001, which was a complete flop. Mm-hmm. But 2002, I looked at it, it was designed by the same guys who did Madden. 
And uh, after playing, I started to analyze the science of the, of the sport. Believe it or not, there is a science to it. Oh, I believe you. I mean, a lot of people laugh at me when I say that, but I mean, I looked at it and I'm like, you know, there's a lot more to this than just going around in circles. Right, right. <laughs> and I started watching more and more of it, and I got hooked. Well, that's cool. Well, it's, it's gotten to the point where I've actually go to, a, to an event every year. Uh, an actual right. NASCAR event. Yeah, I always go to the race in Charlotte every year. Okay. So, you know, I promise this year it got rained out. Okay. That's kind of like uh, what you're saying about you sort of became a NASCAR fan after after playing the game. That's kind of what we hear a lot when we do shows on like music games. People who uh, play a, play a song on you know Guitar Hero or Rock Band, and then they sort of appreciate the group almost and start to become a fan of that particular group. It sounds like that's sort of happened with you with NASCAR. You started playing it. You started to see what the drivers go through, what the science behind who wins and who doesn't win is, and then you started to appreciate the sport itself. I mean, it's like I was with football, believe it or not. Really? I didn't really care much for football until I played Mad- actually until I played Tecmo Bowl. Mm. Then, then I start getting hooked to it. That's cool. That's cool. I, yeah, I've always, I've always like, I've always liked football. But maybe I'll have to play some more of these racing games to, uh, to get, to get into it. Now, uh, I wanted to mention real quick of the, uh, the peripherals. I've seen, I've seen these. Now, obviously, you can play on the 360 or the PS3 with the standard console, you know, the standard uh, controller. And then on the PC, the racing games that I've played, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much a wizard with the keyboard anymore, a keyboard and mouse. So I usually just use that for driving. But there are some people. I, I, uh, uh, my ex-brother-in-law, who had uh, a steering wheel and a gear shift and all this stuff hooked up to his PC, and do you, do you see a lot of people getting those type of peripherals to enhance the racing experience? And have you done anything with them, other than, of course, in the arcade where they're they're going to be standard? Well, I think that'd be more towards the real extreme uh, genre of racers. Uh, I have never used a racing controller on my console. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of my uh, contacts at E3, though, used to give me a steering wheel for my computer. Mm-hmm. And I used it once in a while, but I found it to be a little bit too cumbersome. And I felt more comfortable with using a controller. Right. That that makes sense. I mean, you get used to something. I mean, it, it could be a situation where if you used it more, you might become more proficient with it, even more than the standard equipment. But I, but I, I understand not wanting to move away from the keyboard. Yeah. I mean, my fingers are pretty dexterous at this point. <laughs> I can I, I I move them pretty, pretty fast. Now, I wanted to uh, mention I've read a lot of your reviews recently uh, about these hyper-realistic racers, and I wanted to find out from you what that was all about. We mentioned at the beginning of the show the endurance driving, and these are series like uh, GTR and uh, I think – what was the other one? Was it called Race 07? Yeah, Race 07. And, and these games are like incredibly – Detailed, like you're actually, you know, controlling the tire pressure in your car and things. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Well, most racers have that lately. I mean, most those on the PC. Mm-hmm. To a lesser extent, Gran Turismo would have that as well on the uh, consoles. Okay. And I think Forza does as well. I'd have to check. I haven't played Forza two in a long time. Three supposed to come out this year. Well, how much? How much do you have to know about like engines and things to actually make your car work better, or do the games do a decent job of, of sort of telling you, okay, if you change your fuel air mixture, you're going to do this is going to happen? Or? They tend to explain it. I mean, like with, if I remember, like with the uh, gear ratios, they save how if you want shorter or longer. Like say longer, if I remember correctly, longer gear ratios result in higher top speed, while shorter provides faster acceleration. Okay. I mean. They usually go into good detail on that. And then you customize your car to your racing style then, I guess. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and you enjoy that? I mean, it's, it's fun to, to – to it's, it's just a 
cool to test them out. Stuff I'd like to do in my own car, but I admit I'm not real good with uh, with actual mechanics. <laughs> I mean, most I most I can do is check my oil and, and transmission fluid and change the battery and change the air filter. That's about <laughs> it. So, well, you know, being able to change your oil and stuff, that's that's more than most people actually are able to do. So, that's pretty good. <laughs> at least keep your car running. Maybe maybe not be, you know, jumping off the line from 0 to 60 in 2 seconds or something, but yeah, um, I never want to do that. <laughs> but uh in terms of racing games, where where do you think the uh where do you think the industry is going to go next? I mean, obviously there's some new titles coming out, but what 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 in those titles would you like to see that maybe isn't around today? Well, um, I mean, I mean, one thing I've started doing is cus- car customization, not just on the inside, but on the outside too. I mean, Forza Motorsport 2's done that. I'd like to see Gran Turismo do that. They're finally allowing car damage in their game. Yeah, that was a big sticking point. I remember there was one game that got the Ferrari license, but you could hit the Ferrari into a wall at like 80 miles an hour, and it wouldn't even get a yeah. dent. Ferrari's real specific about that. They do not want to advertise their cars with damage. <laughs> but no, I mean. Believe it or not, I mean, yes, I sold my PlayStation 3. Uh-huh. I mean, I may end up picking up one of the newer slim models just to get Gran Turismo 5. Oh, okay. That's an ex- a- is that an ex- exclusive title on the that's PS3? That's exclusive, yes. Okay. I mean, if for anything, just to see what they do to the NASCAR license. Yeah, because uh, the EA has the license right now, right? Well, until the end of the year. Oh, and then it runs out. And that's what got me wondering when they announced that the game will be coming out quarter four 2009. I think it's going to be the next one to jump on the 2010 bandwagon. Well, unless EA is going to try to rush it and get it out before the license expires, I guess. Yeah, so what I would like to see if they're doing this, first of all, they need to promise online. Mm-hmm. They were supposed to offer online Gran Turismo 4. They took it out at the last second. Uh. And if they do this, offer an online leak for NASCAR. Really? I would love to be able to do that. Like every week when they, they go to the actual track that they're based on. That's pretty cool. Be able to make a virtual Gran Turismo NASCAR league. Oh man, well good luck. Do you know what you're going to call it? <laughs> no, I'm, not me. I'm just saying I'm hoping that they'll, they'll implement that in their game. Oh, I thought you were going to say that you were going to start a you know start a league of players and go around and do that. So. <laughs> no, uh, I mean it would be like what I do with my Madden Online league. Have it done through the game itself. Right, right, I see. Well, that's cool. Well, good luck with that. Well, if anybody's listening along and you have a driving experience, either in the real world, uh, Todd, you've had quite a few harrowing ones recently, <laughs> yeah. or or online, um, please uh, send us an email to ginlounge at gameindustry.com. We'd love to hear from you. And until next time, we hope that when you're playing all your favorite racing games, you are able to take the checkered flag. Thanks for joining us, and Todd, thanks for being in the lounge this week. My pleasure. All right. Take it easy out there, everybody, and we'll see you next time here in GameIndustry.com's The Gin Lounge.